back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the preview show ahead of Bayern Munich's big Bundesliga matchup against Hoffenheim. This one will take place in Sintheim and should really be uh, an excellent game. We are going to see Bayern Munich coming off of uh, really what was, I guess, their finest performance of the season in a 7-1 victory over Red Bull Salzburg. That, of course, took some of the sting away from last weekend's huge disappointment against Bayer Leverkusen, where the Bavarians could only eke out a 1-1 draw in, in a match that I, I found extremely disappointing. I know many fans did as well. Uh, it was not good to see Bayern Munich really just come out flat um, you know, and fall apart after the first half hour. Uh, you know, it was a very strong half hour for Bayern Munich, but uh, they did come out flat after that first 30 minutes and fell apart. And it was, it was not good when you're, when you can only put together 30 quality minutes in a match with a team like Bayern Munich has, it, it did cause some fans to panic. Some were a little bit scared heading into the champions league match against Salzburg, but things worked out and hopefully Bayern Munich is back on track. As always, we will get started with a look at where both teams are in the Bundesliga table Bayern Munich, of course, is sitting atop the standings through 25 match days. Bayern has 19 wins, two draws, four losses for 59 points. Bayern has scored 76 goals and allowed 27. Over Bayern's last five matches, they have three wins, one draw, and one loss. Last, last week's result was a 1-1 tie to Bayer Leverkusen, which was extremely disappointing. Hoffenheim, meanwhile, is one of the really surprise teams in the league, and I think they've just exceeded all expectations. Sure, there's a lot of talent on the roster, but ah, it's just crazy to think that Sebastian Honus has been able to go in, meld those veterans with the young players, and make it all work like he has. Hoffenheim has definitely been one of the more consistent teams in the Bundesliga. Through 25 match days, Hoffenheim has 13 wins, four draws, and eight losses. They have scored 48 goals and allowed 36. Hoffenheim has 43 points, which puts them fourth in the table, just two behind Bayer Leverkusen. Over Hoffenheim's last five matches, they've only lost once. They have four other wins. That loss was all the way back on February 4th, which to me now seems like ages ago. This has been a long month for me. And uh, that was a 2-0 loss to Mainz, which I'm sure disappointed Hoffenheim fans, but things have looked much, much better since that point for Hoffenheim. Now, one of the things that I think we've seen uh, about Hoffenheim over the course of this season is, one, they are a team that has really come together under former Bayern Munich coach Sebastian Honus. Of course, Honus was on Bayern's campus, earning his coaching stripes, moved over to Hoffenheim after an extremely good campaign with Bayern Munich two a couple of seasons back. It really shows Honus does have the coaching chops to make it work in the Bundesliga, to be able to take this crew that he has and really combine it. I mean, there are so many, so many quality players there, but it is just a mix in terms of youth and veterans. He somehow found a way to make this work. And I have to be honest, I didn't expect Hoffenheim to be quite this good just yet. I know that you know, listen, there's enough talent there for them to be good and competitive every season. But I really do feel like they are uh, one of the teams that is capable of not just pushing into those Champions League slots, but, you know, they're one of the few teams, I think, that can really push Bayern Munich and make them scramble a bit. 
I'm not saying it's going to happen this weekend, but on, on any day, Hoffenheim has that type of ability. And it wouldn't shock me if they pushed Bayern Munich, took advantage of maybe Bayern Munich looking ahead, maybe Bayern Munich maybe feeling themselves a little bit after such a destruction of Red Bull Salzburg. But, uh, you know, like any other team in the Bundesliga, they're going to find it very hard against the Bavarians. Of course, when we look at Hoffenheim, aside of Sebastian Honus, Bayern Munich fans are always going to look toward Chris Richards. Unfortunately, Chris is dealing with a bit of a foot injury right now. So he is out of action and, uh, you know, it's been it's been kind of tough with uh, with Richards at this point. He uh, is a good player, and I think he's shown really well. I don't know what his status is at this point heading into the match. I can just say that, you know, over the course of the restart since the Rook Runda started, uh, Richards has missed a, a few games there, three games in total, uh, with a foot injury, and I know he's probably not at 100%, so it will be interesting to see if he's able to play this week. Richards, of course, I, you know, I think he's a phenomenal talent. I think he has proven that he is a Bundesliga caliber starter, starting center back, and I think he's got so much potential, and it's still not all tapped, and they haven't tapped all into it yet. I know some people view him as the kind of player that could shift over to right back, but I think with his height, with the way he sees the field, with his passing ability, I think you want to keep him at center back. And I think he's a good, legitimate prospect, someone who I think will become a very good starter in the league. I think he's already there as a good starter. I think he will make that leap to be a very good starter. And I think not only will he look to establish himself in Germany, but also with the U.S. men's national team. Of course, that's a whole separate ball game to talk about them, but um, you know, Chris Richards, I think you have to be satisfied and happy if you're a Byron fan in the job that he's done while on loan with Hoffenheim. And I think the club's got to be ecstatic with what they've seen. Now, the downside of that, and this was one of the stories that we saw break earlier today, today being Wednesday, was that Bayern Munich is considering selling Richards for anywhere from 10 million euro to 15 million euro. And that seems like kind of weird, right? Because it's been nothing but positive about Richards in either of his loan assignments. Uh, he's a kid that continues to grow, continues to get better. But if you want to look at the situation, you have to look at what Byron has, where they're going, right? Byron, of course, under Julian Nagelsmann, is looking to eventually shift to a back three, um, which on the surface would seem great, right? So Byron needs three starting center backs. They're losing Nicholas Sula. Perfect timing for Richards to go back after the season and maybe assume a spot on the roster, maybe not as a starter quite yet, but definitely in the mix with players like Benjamin Pavar, Luca Hernandez, and Dio Upamecano. Well, for whatever reason, it does seem like Byron might be open to selling him at this point. That was according to SportBuild. When you link that to the other story that we had seen a couple of weeks back with Byron being a selling club, it does kind of make sense. Byron has undertaken a bit of a philosophical change with some of its young players where it is looking to develop players, have their value increase, which if you followed Richards over the past two years, you can see that his value has definitely uh, pushed up there and, and is, is he's become a player who other clubs are going to look to pay for. So Richards really could be that first uh, selling club player that Byron has. And I would say Joshua, Xerxes is 
It's probably another one, given the success he's had on loan at Anderlecht, where those two players especially have really taken their games to another level this season. They probably don't have uh, guaranteed roster spots in Munich, and it could be the reason why the club could look to sell one or both players as we get to the summer transfer window. And for me, of course, I've, I've been following Richard since he was a kid, and I can tell you that this is a player that's always gotten better. He's always continued to progress up. He's a player with, with just a tremendous attitude. If you've ever read anything about him, and I was lucky enough to write pretty extensively about his journey on the way up through the U.S. youth soccer system, uh, progressing to the Texan soccer club, to FC Dallas, to Bayern Munich. You know this kid has, has had to work for it. He has not been someone who has been gifted anything. He's not been one of these, you know, in the U.S., we talk a lot about AAU culture where the kids are just pampered and babied and given everything and they don't have to work. Richards is far from that. He's a kid that didn't take their traditional path. He was able to break through into the U.S. system, take advantage of what that system could offer to him, and he got exposure. That exposure helped him get to where he is today. So this is a kid is truly earned everything and with that he's had this kind of attitude and this chip on his shoulder when it comes to competing he's a good kid with a good attitude a hard worker and he's always going to continue to push himself to get better because he's never been one of these kids who the system has just picked and favored like you might see with some players across different clubs where they have been anointed since they were young that they would be the success it hasn't been that way with Richard's He's really had the claw and fight for everything. And I think that's one of the more admirable, really, traits about him. And I think it's ultimately why he'll be a success no matter where he ends up. So from my standpoint, if that story from Sport Build is true, it's a little disappointing because I think Richards could make a breakthrough at Bayern Munich and eventually become a starter there. But I also get it from a club revenue generation standpoint where this team needs some money. And this team is currently reworking its sponsorship deals, uh, trying to milk out a little bit more money from its key sponsors, including uh, T-Mobile, uh, which, of course, we call it that in the United States. But um, Qatar Airways being another one uh, and Allianz. So Byron has a lot going on in terms of revenue generation. It would be nice if they didn't have to sell players like Richards, but I think it's getting to the point for Richards and a couple of other players where they're reaching the stage where they know they can play at the first team level. And if it's not going to happen at Bayern Munich, they probably want to be somewhere where it will happen. So we'll of course, follow that story as it develops and see how it shakes out. And hopefully Richards is able to, uh, be healthy enough to play. I don't know the status of that. I've been trying to look and see, uh, exactly what his status is, but it's very tough to tell. Of course, with foot injuries, um, I would think a lot of clubs will play it a little bit more conservative, and I wouldn't shock me if Richards is not in the uh, lineup this weekend. Of course, that would be disappointing, but you know, this is a kid that uh, you know he is absolutely um, fun to watch and one that hopefully, when he's healthy enough, we can check out down the road in other Hoffenheim matches. As for Bayern Munich, it's going to be kind of interesting to see where they go with all this. Obviously, a dominant performance. They looked great. Manuel Neuer's back in net, so things are looking up. But how Julian Nagelsmann aligns his troops this weekend will be very interesting to see. 
It does look like Leon Goretzka, Alfonso Davies, and Corton Talisa will all miss the match, so we don't have to worry about any integration of those three players just yet. But if I was going to try and guess in a lineup at this point, I think we are going to see that back three once again. I think we will see Manuel Neuer between the sticks. I think we will see Nicholas Sula, Benjamin Pavar, and Luca Hernandez as the back three. Yep, we are going to see that back three again. Uh, I think we will see that <laughs> the makeshift kind of wingback scenario where we'll see Kingsley Coman on one side and Serge Gnabry on the other. I think we'll see Joshua Kimmich and Jamal Musiala working through that midfield tandem set. Uh, I thought they were really good against Salzburg. And again, it's, it becomes a lot easier to play the game when your team is just scoring goal after goal, especially early on. But I think there's a lot of potential there for Musiala and Kimmich. Of course, I'm very interested to see what happens when Leon Gretzky comes back and, and just to see how Musiala has worked into the mix and if he'll play anywhere else. Uh, at the attacking midfield roles, I think you have to roll with Thomas Miller and Leroy Sané. I thought both of those players just were so good against Salzburg. Uh, you know, Sané didn't start last week against Leverkusen. Muller was really kind of uninspired in that match as well. But they both came to play against Salzburg and were both excellent. Uh, really, the, to me, those were the two star players in the match. For as good as Robert Lewandowski was in scoring a hat trick, uh, in an 11 minute time span. And that 11 minutes happened to be in the first 23 minutes of the game uh, to really you know, put Salzburg down. Uh, it's funny to say that any players might've outperformed Lewandowski in that match. And Lewandowski also had an assist for good measure, but um, you know, Muller and Sané were just really, really good. And when combined with Lewandowski, that is a very dangerous threesome at the top. I think that, if Byron can maintain some of the spacing concepts that they had on offense against Salzburg, it would really help out. Of course, if you listen to me, I have been a person that has really lamented how congested things have gotten in the box for Byron Munich. And I, I've often thought that when Byron has that many offensive players all pushed in, and that includes those pseudo ring wingback roles that will be filled by Coman and Gnabry plus Muller and Sané plus Lewandowski plus Kimmich and Musiala all pushing up. It just chokes the life out of the offense's two best players in Lewandowski and Muller. And when that happens, you see the effects. Bayern Munich is just not as good. Bayern Munich is at its best when those two have room to operate. So hopefully those spatial concepts continue to stay in place. Hopefully those wingbacks can continue to stay a little wider and not push in as much. I'm calling them wingbacks. We all know they're really not. This is, I mean, this is essentially a five forward formation. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. The, the back three has its ups. It has its downs. I'm willing to let it play out and give Julian Nagelsmann the freedom to do what he wants. Some fans might not be, but I think that's that's the sacrifice you make when you hire a coach. You have to let them coach their way. And you have to let them succeed or fail using their own tactics and their own strategies and figuring out a way to best use the personnel within that. So I will say as a prediction for this match, it will be 3-0 Bayern Munich, although I'm kind of torn because I do think there could be a step back for Bayern. I think that, you know, coming off such a huge win, there's always a little bit of a letdown. Um, so I think we could see a little bit slow start there, but Bayern Munich will get it together and pull out a 3-0 victory don't see much of a threat from Hoffenheim this week, despite how highly uh, I think of them and the job that I think Sebastian Honus has done. I just think this is one of those instances where 
Byron might be a little slow to get started, but they will surely make up for it and take control of the match. So that's what we got for a preview this week. Hopefully for you, Byron fans, you get to see another three point victory and that, you know, those three points go away and providing that cushion in the standings that Byron needs to just get comfortable and then be able to focus and plan for the UCL, which I think if you're looking at it, Bayern Munich is one of the three or four teams that really has a great shot to get the job done. So thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for the release of the weekend warm-up podcast, which always comes out uh, early Friday mornings, Easter time. You can also check out the post-game podcast, which really hit the air yesterday after the match, yesterday being Tuesday. Uh, I think I Need No Name did a pretty terrific job with that one. And if you've missed any in the past, you can always go back and get them. They're all good. It's all good content, except probably the ones I do. (laughs) But, um, you know, they're always fun to go back and catch up on because, as you saw with I Need No Name, when we are wrong, we have no problem admitting it and taking the punishment that comes along uh, when we say something that doesn't work out. So uh, thanks for listening. You can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get Tom at Tommy Adams 71. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. You can always get Samarin and Schnitzel on the site with their posts that they write. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the match. Drink a couple of beers on me. I'm feeling much better this week, so I'm sure I'll be on that train too. We will see you next time.